0: Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan, at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable.
1: Welcome back. What's up, everybody? Louisville lays the smackdown on Wake Forest in a turnover filled contest. K State demolishes Oklahoma State and we answer the question of which team has the ugliest alternate uniform of all time. What's up, trash talkers? Welcome back to the college football roundtable. Or if you prefer ring knocker radio or this season's theme, two O's and an NCO. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, Rob. Got Dano Icabesa in coastal Connecticut. And eight no, Trigger Joe from the home of the Bears. <laughs> How's it going today, guys? And what games did you watch this weekend?
2: Oh man, I watched a ton of football. Uh, I learned that Tennessee and UConn are good, and naval and uh, naval, Navy and Temple are bad. Uh, in no particular order. I mean, uh, UConn beat Boston College for the first time in history. It looked like the Eagles were surprised that they were in an actual football game. Papers around here were calling it the unrequited rivalry, but I'll bet it's requited now. And uh, I don't know if you guys watched that Tennessee game. Holy hell. They, uh, they were running hurry up basically the whole time and they just caught Kentucky unready on defense multiple times, caught them with like 16 players on the field. Tennessee was very, very disciplined about how they substituted players. Finally, a Kentucky defender, because they were moving so fast, he just fell down holding his stomach. I thought the guy was going to, vo- was going to vomit. Like he, he looked like he was going to hurl. It was like asymmetric football. Instead of subbing, the balls would move. Tired players over to the other side of the offense and just run the hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know, you make these Kentucky defenders who trained to to uh, play with speed and power suddenly it's aerobic conditioning and VO2 max. Totally amazing. They just they just dominated, destroyed there,
0: them. Yep. There, yeah. And there's two ways to look at that. It's like, okay, did you guys really want to show that before the Georgia game? And mm-hmm. and there's a caveat to that, which is you want to make sure you can run
2: it before the Georgia. absolutely. Absolutely, so, they had a few penalties.
0: I think they probably made the decision like, look, we're tipping our hand, but we got to know we can execute. Mm, and yeah. they they picked a pretty good tune-up team. I mean, you tune Kentucky up like that, no one's really <laughs> do them like that all season. It was it was it was very successful. So uh, yeah. who knows, man? I, God, if the that line came out uh, Tennessee plus ten. I immediately put twenty-five bucks on them. Oh, that's a
2: good bet. I didn't eight, know that was the line. That's a good bet. Eight and a half.
1: So yeah, well, I, I I will tell you straight up, like I've been saying this all season, Hendon Hooker is a grown man. Like that yeah, dude that's the truth. is like he's legit. Like he he yeah, is. I can't tell you that. Yeah, well, bottom bottom line is that's one of those guys that like if he like not that he's going to, but if he were to transfer with the skill set that he has, he could start anywhere in college football, and I I think that's legit. Joe, what games did you watch other than Michigan, Michigan so, State? Of
0: course, I watched us take the Paul Bunyan Trophy back to within
1: and <laughs> just a.
0: Dictator like fashion, what a smackdown that was. Um, what Tennessee and, uh, and, and Kentucky and, um, oh, what was the game that really, oh, Syracuse and Notre Dame, man. The kids yeah. down. I was rolling that train. Yeah. Um, and then I was, I was focused on the Illinois game because I really liked them at minus seven and the under 50. And it was a 35 point total and they covered by uh, like 15. So, uh, Illinois might just be. Uh, prop, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Get, they should give Michigan a good test going into Ohio State because I think there are games before them. So. Very good. Defense. Yeah. And only yeah, good I,
1: I, yeah. Yeah. I, I really think uh, so for me, uh, like I said, I'm becoming a low key TCU fan. Like I keep taking I keep taking the over. I took the spread this week, but like a hey, given the way that their defense plays like. These over unders at like sixty five seventy points are actually realistic because the the t c u offense can score fifty easily, so then the opponent only has to contribute about twenty twenty five so and and they're having a lot of those thirty four to you know thirty four to forty five games and that kind of stuff so I think it's it's pretty reasonable that the line keeps moving in Vegas for them, but like their quarterback duggan is a stud that dude is huge he's big, he's strong, he's not the fastest guy, but when he takes off he doesn't look like. You know, I, I think the, the poster child for a bad running quarterback is Eli or or Peyton Manning. You know, when you see those guys turn the corner, you're just like, oh, God, please just stop running so you don't kill yourself versus, you know, some of these other guys that have a lot more talent in ball.
0: Josh Allen, who they're afraid to admit it, but those DBs don't want to tackle Josh Allen. Yeah, they're that's the head, truth. They're a head shorter than him.
2: And yeah, that's why? the truth.
0: And he knows it, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he makes it work for him, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's a
1: bully. I love it. Yeah, why, why slide when you can run through people? I think that's that's just a a tenant that should be in football always. Dan, so let's let's run down the top ten, and uh yeah, we got some interesting stuff to talk about on this week's show. Uh There's a lot, at least in my opinion, and we'll we'll talk about it when we get to the picks. But there's a lot of surprises this weekend. Mm-hmm. This was an anomaly for like a mid season football game. There were some that's teams awesome. that were that were not in mid season form, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, uh, that definitely alludes to, you know, this week being exciting as well, because it's like, who can make the adjustments after taking out? Like, dude, I think that's the worst I've ever seen McCall look at Wake Forest. Like, yeah. he got, he got throttled and it wasn't just, you know, passing. It was, he was getting hit a
0: yeah. lot. He yeah, for sure. The defense made me look, uh, Made me look like I knew what I was talking about before they ruined my pick. But um, I did say they gave some, I've I've seen them give guys, uh, teams problems. And, you know, it's just one of those games that you catch it and it's like, dude, the game sucked me in because they are hitting out there. And it was a Louisville game. And it just, I remember seeing that against Wake Forest. And I was like, God, that over number is high. Now they hit it. But Louisville's defense caused some serious problems on Saturday.
1: No, they did. For real. All right, so So, top ten. Yeah. uh, So, number
2: one, we've got Georgia. They laid the whooping on Florida. That game looked like it was closed for a minute, and then they blew them out, and then Florida caught up again, and then Georgia put the hammer down. So they stay at number one, no change. Number two, in a tie, you've got Ohio State and Tennessee. You know, I'd be pissed if if this wasn't going to change next week immediately. But anyway, at number four, we've got Michigan. Defense looks great. Offense, Rob's got in here that they couldn't seem to finish drives. I only kind of kept one eye on that game, to be honest with you. Uh, Number five, Clemson. Clemson very quietly having a very good season. Number six, Bama. Number seven, TCU. Let me tell you, any of those top seven teams could reasonably be in the college football playoff right now. Number eight, Oregon feels like an also ran. Number nine, uh, Southern California, they also feel like an also ran. And number 10, UCLA. So you got the top three teams in the Pac-12 sort of playing for irrelevance hate it, but that's what it is. Oklahoma State drops out of the top 10 after being shut out by K-State, 48-0. to That had to be the most surprising result of the weekend. I was shocked. Um, Yeah, rounding out the top 10, talking by conferences. So the SEC has five. The ACC, my new favorite conference, also has five. Biggest shift was Wake, dropping from 13-20 to after getting smacked around by Louisville. The Big 10 has four, with Illinois being the biggest surprise. Quietly having a good season. Pac-12 has five. Oregon State snuck into the top 25 this week. That's a little suspect to me. Big 12 has numbers seven, nine and 23. Americans got two. They got two lane and central Florida. Both of those are well deserved. And you've got the independence liberty at number 23 and they're also pretty good season. So, uh, top 25 losses this week, Penn State, Syracuse, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Wake Forest, South Carolina shouldn't have ever been ranked and Kentucky. Uh, which one of these teams took the worst loss? I got to say Wake Forest.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Although, you know, Oklahoma State was also ran because, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was like the I think that was one of the first ranked on ranked matchups. That was a shutout in like 10 or 15 years. I saw yeah. a graphic. I didn't I didn't pay too much attention to it. But that's that's brutal. Old Pistol Pete took it on the chin. And the scary part of it is, is like when you watched that game, you know, Martinez was out. So this was a backup quarterback for K-State. And that kid was slinging it all over the place. So they got two gunslingers in Kansas like, who would have thought in Manhattan that they would have 2 gunslinging gun-slinging quarterbacks, one that can run and one that can sling the rock 40, 50 yards in the air, but the result is still the same. So their offense, you know, what a conundrum to have as an offensive coordinator, two mm-hmm. completely different style of quarterbacks that can play some great football. Well, that, Pretty doggone awesome. crazy.
0: When was the last time you saw okay State shut out? Yeah. I mean, my goodness, they're, that's kind of scary, Kansas State. Shutting out – I mean, not – not to mention they did whatever they wanted on offense, but the but the goose egg, that's, I mean, no one saw that
2: coming. Yeah. And that's the kind of loss that'll knock you out of the New Year's Six t- discussion. Like, oh yeah, no, they lost forty eight to zero. Like, forget about it. Yeah, that it that just be- knocks you down a whole ranking.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shut, shut out I mean, just button, doesn't like, even make like, sense. Like, like game, you can't score points. Yeah, that that was that was gross. I mean, I don't I don't think anybody anticipated that game. Like I seriously thought it was going to hit the over and I got screwed on that one because that was what <laughs> I wanted. But uh, I was like hoping that they could contribute something. All right. So uh, Service Academy football this week, uh, we got Army and Air Force uh, both getting buys getting ready for the Commander's Classic in Ar- Arlington. We're going to hit that one pretty deep on the as for football, Army football show. But uh, I'm going to be on the road, so don't send me any social media stuff because I'm not going to be watching because I'm going to be down at Disney, so I do not want to uh, have any surprises. Navy won on senior night in the ugliest overtime game. Again, they lost their starting quarterback, Ty Lavatai, for the season. He is banged up bad. It was ugly. It looked ugly. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be good. And then it's going to be interesting to see how Xavier Arline does. Like He does pretty good as a backup, but not as a starter, and, and that could be bad because they have some seriously horrible O line issues. But I gotta give a quick shout out to the Firsty Club because those guys were quick on the meme game the meme game. <laughs> and like all the memes of Coach Ken's face as they like as he realized that they won, like that just made my night. If Navy has to lose, at least memeing up that that gorgeous face of Coach Ken Niamalolo with that look on his face, uh, made it worthwhile. I mean, if that's the only small uh, thing that I get out of it. But Dan, you want to really touch on the, the Commander Chiefs trophy this week?
2: Yeah, man. Biggest game of the week uh, or biggest game of the contest potentially is this weekend. Uh, I think the game's going to be close. Um, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about this more on the other show, but it was wild. And just to circle back to Navy. So they had a true freshman quarterback, albeit Kurt Warner's son, playing for Temple with a reserve center and two reserve guards against the vaunted Navy defense and went to overtime. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was
1: Yeah, Navy's got some work to do, bo- yeah. bottom line. And and I think, honestly, I went back and I watched the uh, the twenty twenty one. We'll dive this a lot deeper, but I watched twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one Army Air Force. I think the game's going to be more like the twenty twenty game, mm-hmm. you know, just because totally. I think it's going to be going to be a slugfest. I, I think both of the, the, the academies are coming into their own. But speaking of academies, we'll move to the FCS guys and the coast guard academy is 3 and 5 they had a second half comeback against mit i guess uh, you can make adjustments when you're not doing calculus at halftime they take on wpi <laughs> this week uh, the bears scored 28 second half points to edge mit 31 to oh, 24 wow. so that's like i'm sure that was a great game to watch merchant marine academy dropped their senior day game to springfield by a score of 27-17 they're on a bye until the coast guard game which is the secretary's cup and we talked about this on the other show Or last year, but the Secretary's Cup is the equivalent of the FCS Academy's Army-Navy game. So you've got uh, Coast Guard and Merchant Marines playing. uh, The mission is free, so if you're in Kings Point, go check out the game. It's free. It's also going to be broadcast live on ESPN. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to watch the Secretary's Cup in a couple weeks, I think that would be worth watching. I mean, there's something to be said about FCS football. I mean, I think everybody knows the Bison and, you know, some of the other top teams there and, and Youngstown State from the late nineties. I mean, those are all great teams. And the cool part about, uh, FCS football is they've had the playoff system for years. And so they don't even have a playoff discussion because they just play for whoever's in. Whereas like FBS continues to wrestle with, you know, how does a postseason look? So if you're, you know, if you want to watch some football for football's sake and know a pretty solid, uh, non interfered bodied, Uh, playoff system, then FCS is probably the more pure form of the playoff system that you're going to get in college football. But without further ado, let's go to Joe and talk about Joe's Blue Falcon of the Week.
0: Alright, here we go. So, I'm celebrating the the, the win. We're at a Halloween party and all of a sudden the phone starts blowing up. People sending me videos. Look at this, man. You see what happened to you? Okay, Michigan-Michigan State game. Here's the rules. And Current Rob played on Saturdays, so I, he can back me up on this one. You're the host, the other team is your guest. They go in the locker room when the game's over, whether you go to the student section or do whatever traditions they've been set in place at your university, then you go in. There's state police standing in that tunnel. Michigan University put food on my plate growing up. I've been in the tunnel. There's always cops there. okay? So, and I don't take shots at police either. I'm just saying, I don't understand this. Why in the world, when Michigan State's wearing all white, do you let a guy wearing maize and blue sneak by and get in that mix? You're inviting nothing but trouble. So my blue falcon of the week is the traffic cop at the University of Michigan Stadium because that's two weeks in a row now we've had a visitor come in and an altercation in the tunnel. Like, dude, one jersey goes in first, okay, with none of the other jerseys, and then all of them go in, okay? We just solved solved the arithmetic there for you. We did the hard work. But having said that, it was a dead heat for first place with the Michigan State Spartans who, let's be honest, take the football uniforms off them, committed a felony right there on TV. I I mean, that is truth. Yeah. And there needs to be some accountability. And I'm telling you, I, I, I think honestly, it goes all the way back and even deeper into the transfer portal. Where are we asking? Hey, is this crap rolling uphill? Did this guy get booted off every team he's been on. I don't. Is this guy part of the culture here, or did we just go out and get ourselves a bunch of athletes? Because two of those guys were transfers.
2: Nice. What I'm saying yeah.
0: is, some players transfer because they can't fit in anywhere else because they have a discipline problem. So if these kids are old enough to buy a beer, which most of them are, old enough to vote and old enough to fight a war, they're old enough to be tried as adults in court. So let's have a little bit of integrity and accountability in college football, crying out loud. Michigan State, take your L, do the right thing. Michigan's traffic cop, dude, this has got to be the last warning for you. But next game, I want to see you in a t-shirt that says Blue Falcon because you certainly (laughs) are in the evening. And uh, that's all I got.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was just I was just gonna say like that that like one should be easy to get accountability. You've got video and like there's bumpers on the back of them, so you know exactly who the guys are. And then you know from a name, image, and likeness perspective, maybe this is something like, hey, God forbid we do that, but start finding players like, hey, if they can get NIL money, find that ass, take their money, and then drop it into the scholarship fund. I mean, why not? You know, there's probably some women's soccer player at Michigan State that needs a little bit of financial help, mm-hmm. so it can immediately come from the football team, particularly for something like that. Because you know, it, it's it's gone beyond the point, and and it's just simply it's simply boundaries and decorum. You know, at the end of the day, if you win, if you're the visiting team, you want to celebrate on the field with your teammates and the people that traveled. If you're the losing team, you want to get off the field as quickly as possible. I think that's just kind of standard rule in football, and if you don't kind of honor those traditions uh where's the sport going Mm.
2: i think harbaugh said that they were working with the state police and they expected charges to be filed like you said it was right on video i mean there's no there's no discussion of what the facts are in the case we all saw it
0: yeah i mean you're throwing full-on soccer kicks with football cleats on you know take take a guy's eye out you want to get paid like josh allen what do you think would happen to josh allen if he did that in the tunnel i guarantee his pocket would get a lot lighter yeah. You know? I, I, I mean, that's the thing. I, Robert, I think you touched on a, a great point. You guys want to get paid like pros? I yeah. Can
1: pro. Yeah. Start having pro behavior. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole part of, you know, rookie, rookie camp is for them to get in front of the media, make sure that oh. they're polished. And so like now, if you're getting paid early, that professionalism needs to start on the day that you get that first NIL check and not when you get into the league. And I think, you know, that type of accountability starting early would uh it may it may change the scope. Like you're still going to have you're still going to have, you know, the idiots that are going to go out and do dumb stuff. But this at least will give you the opportunity to kind of regulate that. And maybe that is one of the advantages of NIL. Who knows? I mean, I would like to see. Like I would much like just put that kind of effort into the field, man. Like if you guys would have played that hard on every play, it may have changed the outcome of the contest. And even if it didn't. At least you know that you put your best effort forward rather than, you know, ending up in some shenanigans. I know that uh, they announced some suspensions. I didn't get the names or anything just yet, but that was one of the first things that came out. Like that was on the newswire that they said they're going to suspend those guys. But look, I think collectively, and I don't want to steal this from Joe, but I think like, you know, not only does the, the traffic guy need to get it, but those players. Not only do they need to get the, the, the blue falcon of the week, but like we talked about last week, like if you lose a game and you get suspended, man, that jeopardizes your career, especially if you're a junior dude, like you're putting yourself in a hurt box for draft status. But speaking right. of, uh, games, let's move on to the games of the week. Gentlemen, guess what? There's football on tonight. If you can believe that. So you got some serious Mac action on, uh, tonight so you got ball State and Kent State at seven on ESPNU you got Buffalo and Ohio on ESPN2 at 730 uh, Wednesday man I can't believe I'm saying Tuesday and Wednesday for college hmm. football but I think that's great there must be a oh you know why it is there's a lull in the uh, the baseball game because it got rained out so they're going back to the other stadium so there's a, a extra day of play that they can put something on television in lieu of the World Series so you have uh, Central Michigan and NIU playing uh, that should be a decent Contest: Western Michigan at Bowling Green, uh the old uh, alma mater of everybody's least favorite collegiate coach. Uh Thursday, November 3rd, we've got UTEP at Rice, uh, App State and Coastal Carolina. That one's going to be a good one. So, like, if you have some time, I would definitely sit down and watch that contest because Coastal is kind of, I would say they're struggling, but they're not looking as good as they did in the early part of the season. And this may be a trap game for them. Uh, if they're looking past the next contest, because App State is still pretty tough, even though their record doesn't show it, App State and, and Georgia State are basically the same kind of team. They're up and down, and if you get caught slipping, you're going to catch a nail from them for sure. You have uh, UMass and UConn. That's going to be a better game than advertised, and I know Dan will be watching that one. That was on the CBS Sports Network. You got Duke and Boston College. That one's always a weird one. That's a decent basketball game if you're watching basketball. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how the football contest is going to be. Like Boston, Boston College is
2: terrible. Duke is going to roll them.
1: Yeah. Well, they got to shake the cobwebs off just to score some points after that drubbing that they took this past weekend from UConn, which is still hard to believe. You got number 24. 15 and a half point underdogs. They're 15 and a half point underdogs, BC is? Wow. Oh, UMass uh, to UConn. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, app's three-point
0: favorites going into Coastal, so. I think everybody else thinks it's a trap game for Coastal too. Coastal seven one getting disrespected, man. Yeah,
2: yeah, they haven't looked, they're they're not they uh, listen, they um Grace McCall is amazing, but the rest of that team is not quite as good as he is. Like he is the standout best player on that team by a mile.
1: Yeah. That's his NASCAR deal. But uh, I will tell you, like I said, I was sitting in the stands in the Coastal Carolina game and the highlight of their year was beating Army. And that's just it's it's ridiculous because They're trying because of where they play in the Sun Belt. They have to win those out of conference games to give themselves credibility, if that makes any sense, because, you know, it's kind of like Navy with the churn of their schedule in, you know, the American conference. Like, hey, look, I can win out on all these games, but if I don't beat those out of conference rivals or those out of conference teams that really impact my schedule, then I'm not having as good a year as I should. And Navy is a horrible example for me to use in that, but that's the only team that I could think of that's kind of in a (laughs) similar boat. Uh, Moving on to the late game, if you want to stay up for that one and uh, start your day early on Saturday, you've got Oregon State and Washington at 10.30 on Friday night. Early kicks on Saturday, of course. The only game that matters is Army and Air Force in Arlington, Texas at 11.30 on CBS. Please download the Varsity app and listen to Rich DeMarco because you will be sorely disappointed unless Ross Tucker is calling that game because he is he
2: is not on the main network no chance oh gross
1: all right yeah well what I will tell you is there's a it depends like there are some guys that actually watch army football and understand that there's the difference between a B back and a full back it's not much but there is and uh we'll see but that's going to be a good contest uh, that's the earliest kick on Saturday is at 11:30 so that's kind of weird and so that's 10:30 central time in Texas which is even more weird it's an odd start time for a football game, but, hey, what are you going to do? Um, you got number 19 Tulane at Tulsa playing on ESPNU. You got yeah. Ohio State and Northwestern. Dude, Northwestern is trying to steal this spoiler-maker's jersey and, and bump off Ohio State and ruin their, their game. But uh, I don't know if you watched that Ohio State game. Two things. They have a defensive end that's a sophomore in Ohio State. JTT, that dude, monster. Two picks, fumble, and a pick six. You know, <laughs> guy's a beast. And, again, I will say it, if you're watching pro football, if you have a rookie favorite wide receiver, he probably came from Ohio State. Oh, and Dan even texted me and was like, dude, I'm watching Marvin Harrison Jr.
2: Oh, my God. That was the first time I've seen him play this season. Oh, my God. I, he's just like, that dude is legit. Like, he is legit. He is so good.
1: Yeah, like like I remember one game he came out with like some Louis Vuitton cleats on and they made him change him because I guess like he got it from one of his NIL sponsors <laughs> and he was rocking these things and he was looking all, all, all you know, as the kids say, dripped out. <laughs> and he changed him out at the halftime because I guess they got on his case. Anyway, you got North Carolina and Virginia playing on the ACC network. Uh, there are some other also ran games. So you got Minnesota and Nebraska, Texas Tech and TCU. I think that'll be a good one. That one's kicking at noon. You've got Kentucky and Missouri. Those guys were licking their wounds trying to get their their season back together. Afternoon kicks, you've got uh, USF at Temple. That's going to be a drubbing. You've got Marshall at Old Dominion. That one might be a good game because, again, ODU is one of those teams that's up and down this season. But they're playing pretty well. Uh, And I think uh, one of the things I will say is I think Georgia State and Old Dominion are playing to the level of their competition. And that's why they keep getting smoked. You know what I mean? So like when they have a tough team, they play up when they have a team that's kind of they should beat, but they don't. I think that's because they're actually playing to the level of their competition. I don't know how you prep your players for that, but I think that's part of the the, the psychology going into those games. You got uh, Georgia State and Southern Miss Baylor at Oklahoma. This usually is a ranked matchup. Not Hmm. this year, (laughs) which is crazy uh UCF at Memphis at 3:30 on ESPN2. Syracuse and Pitt. Pitt's got a Pitt's again, that's one of those teams playing to the level of their their competition. I think Syracuse if they come out will probably play a much tougher game. Like I don't think anybody expect them to get slapped around by Notre Dame the way that they did. I think that one's going to be a that one's going to be an interesting game. You've got uh, Oklahoma and Kansas, and then you know the mother of all afternoon football games, which I still can't believe this is not a prime time spot is Tennessee and Georgia. I thought that would be like the eight o'clock game, but uh, that one's going to be berserk because I don't know if Tennessee's defense can shut down those two massive tight ends that Georgia has. Like both of those dudes yeah,
2: spoiler, are spoiler. They probably can't.
1: Yeah, those, I mean, although their are... defense has
2: not been bad, but the, I don't. They got to win on offense. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, those two dudes are grown men. This one's going to be, I don't even know what the over is, but take it because I know that the both of these offenses are either it's going to be an offensive explosion or nobody's going to score any points because they're going to be calling the game cautiously to just, you know, control the clock and keep the other quarterback off the field because that that's the game plan. If you're Georgia, you don't want Hendon Hooker on the field, and if you're Tennessee, you definitely don't want Stetson Bennett and all those weapons that he has on the field at the same time. You've got uh, Oregon taking on Colorado. That would be an upset that I would love to see. I'd love to see Oregon start looking past Colorado and get caught in the trap. But I don't believe that is ever going to happen because Oregon is on point this season. And, you know, I will tip the cap to those guys because normally they they usually drop one a little bit later in the year. They drop, you know, one to the previous year's national champion. And they have played like they should have been, uh, you know, in the playoff last year. Liberty at Arkansas, 20, number 23. Let's see if they can hold on to that top 25 ranking or move up. Navy's got Cincinnati. That is a, that's a recipe for disaster, man. Cause Cincinnati is coming off of a loss. Navy's coming off of a, of a overtime win with an injured quarterback and their line's not playing well. If I'm Luke Fickle, I am hang, like if I can hang hundred on these dudes, I'm going to put a hundred on them. Because I've got to get some respect back and at least get into the number 25 slot. So I'm in at least a halfway decent postseason discussion. Because if not, Cincinnati's pretty much done after that. Let's see. Uh, Troy Louisiana, that's a future Army opponent uh, playing at 5 o'clock. And then we go to the primetime games. you got Clemson at Notre Dame. That one's actually interesting seeing the performance that Notre Dame put on this past week. Can they rise to the occasion a second time and keep it close? I think Clemson's the better team. But uh, we'll see. You got Alabama at LSU. That one can go either way. Texas at K-State. Ooh, that mm-hmm. one's going to be a good one. I think that's going to be quarterback city. Like, if you like quarterback play, I think this is going to be the game to watch because you got, you know, a guy that's playing. He's, you know, both of these quarterbacks got their back against the wall. Either the starter's going to come in or Arch Manning's going to take your job next year if you're Quinn Ewers. So, you know, you got to tighten up that mullet and, and throw some touchdown passes. <laughs> but... uh Moving on, like this one will be big over here. You've got uh, Wake Forest and NC State at eight o'clock at, uh, on the, uh, bleh, on the ACC network. Michigan is playing Rutgers. That should be a beatdown. Rutgers is quietly playing okay, but the way that Michigan's defense is playing this year, I, I just don't think they'll have anything for them. And if you are out at the bar drinking late, you can stay up and watch UCLA at Arizona State. You've got Hawaii and Fresno, and then you've got Cal taking on USC. It's a lot of talking. What are your games of the week, gentlemen?
2: I've got two, and they're both on CBS. You start with Army Air Force, and then you roll into Tennessee at Georgia. I mean, I'm I'm home this weekend for the second time this season, so we'll have the full three television set up, you know, going wide, but I very much doubt we'll be watching anything besides those two big games.
0: Joe, how about you? Yeah, I'm going uh – Tennessee and Georgia. I'm I'm gonna check out the Army game because Michigan's playing at night, so I'll be watching uh watching the Army game early. Michigan's playing another night game, which I I don't know why they're playing another night game uh in Rutgers, but uh definitely definitely Georgia and Tennessee, and I am going to be watching Texas and Kansas State, and peeking in at Clemson and Notre Dame. Yeah,
1: so for me I'm I'm well in between other stuff i'll be checking out uh you know oklahoma state and the k state game i think that or i'm sorry i see if oklahoma state can bounce back i want to see freaking cincinnati crush navy i mean that one that one's a no-brainer if they don't they don't score 100 on them i'll be disappointed and then i think uh, tennessee and georgia again this is this is the contest like all these games with these top five ranked teams or top seven ranked teams, those are all going to determine who's going to be the number one seed for the playoff. Whoever, whoever can keep their record intact the most is going to be the guy that ends up in the driver's seat going into the post season. Let's pick some games guys. Weekly locks. Dan, what you got? I
2: went two and one last week. Uh, Temple at Navy hit because they went to overtime, which is really really annoying. Uh, I took Sensi plus a point and a half at UCF that obviously missed, and uh, Coastal plus two at Marshall hit. Coastal won pretty handily. So this week I've got Army at Air For- Army and Air Force under 47 and a half. Have no idea who thinks these two teams are going to put 47 and a half points. Like no chance. Uh, Tulane minus seven and a half at Tulsa. I mean, the green wave, they they usually do for a late season swoon, but I don't think it's going to be against Tulsa and Georgia State at Southern Miss over 50 and a half. Really want to pick state on the money line. But I don't know. I was looking at it. The statistics don't really favor it, but I I am a believer that Georgia State's going to make a bowl game.
1: Yeah, I, I think they will. All right. So I went one and two last week, and that's just due to, you know, teams not playing up to their expectations. So, you know, uh, I hit on TCU again, again, like I'm going to ride that heater until it breaks. Then uh, Wake took a huge loss. It looked like they were playing a pop, you know, they looked like a pop Warner team playing their first scrimmage against, (laughs) against Louisville. It was like, they were shocked. They were surprised, like, oh, like you were supposed to get hit in the face in a football game. I didn't realize this. And, uh, you know, I was sorely disappointed that Oklahoma State didn't get on the board because if they would have scored anything, if they would have scored two touchdowns, they would have went over and they just got blanked. And uh, again, you know, embarrassment of riches at K-State having two tremendous quarterbacks, one that can run and throw and then one that can just throw like they're in a they're in the driver's seat for, you know, at least their their division in the Big 12. Uh This week, I'm calling the long shot uh, TCU and Texas Tech to hit over 71. I don't like the spread at 10 and a half because TCU just can't cover close spreads like that. I mean. If it was under 10, I would have probably taken the spread, but uh you know, they're 90th ranked in defense, but somehow they just keep winning and they just keep hanging, you know, 70 points a game between the two teams. Uh, take Illinois to cover 16 and a half against, uh, Michigan State straight up like Michigan State's garbage, man. Like it, the sooner they, the sooner they realize it, the sooner they can start playing for number one draft picks. Like I have no idea because that, that team is awful and you know, discipline problems are a sign of a, of a bad team. And, you know, back to the previous discussion and then take the 54 and a half I'll take the over on that K-State and Texas I think whichever no matter what quarterback starts for K-State their offense is explosive I think if Quinn Ewers has a good game like they're easily going to score 70 in this one I mean and Quinn Ewers knows he's playing for uh, <laughs> he's playing for his starting spot and the other piece of it is like again embarrassment of riches like if I'm Texas All I have to do is have a respectable season, go six and six, get into a bowl game. And then I've got Arch Manning and then I have two super talented quarterbacks to play ball next year. So, you know, not to say that any team openly wants to talk about rebuilding, but if I'm Texas, like if I'm, you know, if I'm 10 and two going into a postseason bowl, I'm pretty happy knowing that I've got Arch Manning and I've got a proven starter in Quinn Ewers going into next season. Joe, what about you?
0: Uh, Went two and two last week. Had a couple of couple of games that didn't go my way, but uh hit on uh Illinois at Nebraska, minus seven and a half. I actually parlayed that before the game, uh took the under fifty and a half and there was like thirty-five total points scored. And uh knew that fifteen and a half uh Penn State was getting at home was, was gonna come back and make this game a two score game. They always play Ohio State above their head. So um, hit on those, missed on UCF and, uh, Cincinnati under and, or over and then missed on Wake and Louisville under. So this week I have got, um, dude, I'm, I'm rolling with it. Um, nobody else is going to call it this week. I guarantee you there's a lot of people thinking it. I'm taking Tennessee in the points. Um, I think they, I think they keep it within a score. Um, and I think that their Achilles heel is the fact that they give up 300 passing yards a game. That's a, ton, that's a high number to give Stetson Bennett. And uh, Henning and Hooker, it doesn't really matter if your defense is giving up seven yards a game. He'll get 275 on I mean. you. So um, I think that game's going to be really close. I'm a huge Henning and Hooker fan. I am believer in that kid. And uh, Stetson Bennett's had a game or two, uh, i.e. Missouri, where he looked like he deer in the headlights. So I'm going to take Tennessee to hang, hang close. Last time I did that, they beat Alabama outright. And Dan, if you remember, about a month ago, I said we'll find out Tennessee. Yeah. Comes out of this with one loss, there for real. Which yeah. We know they're for real, but now we're about to find out they're the best team in the country, and I think they yeah. very well may be. Um, and, and them and Ohio State are the two best teams in the country.
2: I, Considering I, I, that it was total chaos for them in the off season, yeah. it this is astonishing. Like yeah. legit astonishing.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then K State is getting two and a half points. After blanking the team that just beat Texas. Okay. Texas just lost to Oklahoma State. Got a bye week. K-State blanks them and hangs a 40 on them and they're home dogs to Texas. So I'm taking K-State plus two and a half at home. I'm also taking UCF who is very quietly playing some serious (laughs) offense. Uh, minus three and a half at Memphis. Memphis defense won't be ready for that. And then. We am taking the Illini Michigan State game to go under 42. Mm. Illinois defense is averaging 8.9 points a game. That's wow. Michigan's and Michigan held this, this Michigan state team to seven points. And I will say this, that was not indicative of how dominant we were on defense. Their offense is brutal. Um, I love taking the Illini. I just don't like going over 14 on the spread because Michigan State can make games ugly. i if you made me bet the, the, uh, the point spread, I'm taking Illinois and the points. But, um, I like the under here. I like Illinois to win this game, uh, 28-10. And I, and I say that being generous with how many points Michigan State will score. So there's my yeah. game. I got Tennessee plus eight and a half, K-State plus eight and a half, UCF minus three and a half. And I like the Illinois, Illinois game, Michigan State game to go under 42. Yeah, that was actually a good call. Like Clemson to cover against Notre Dame, but I'm not going to get crazy because Notre Dame, like they <laughs> <been>. Notre Dame <laughs> looks like somebody. Dame looks like somebody might have kicked a sleeping giant, and who knows, Clemson might pull a Clemson. I mean, it was yeah. called a Clemson for a reason, so I'm not going to take them as four-point road favorites. After Notre Dame looks like they might have just woke up and realized the football season is actually
1: going on. Yeah, that's fair. Like again, I think the only the only reason why they're throwing shade, Vegas is throwing shade on K-State, is because they don't know who their starter is going to be because mm-hmm. Martinez is out. And they're like, okay, well, can a guy come in as a backup, score that many points once? Can he do it again? And I think I I think that's probably the reason why. But like if you watch that game, you're like, dude, they've got a running game too. So going back to last week's discussion and last week's topic, like their running back was Deuces or Deuces' name. That kid's got some skills, man. Like, so they have a decent running game to help take the pressure off of their quarterback, whoever it is. You know, so I think I think that that one's just – I think that's a bad call from Vegas, but, hey, whatever. We'll see what happens. And then, uh of course, so we threw this out to the Twitterverse and the Firsty Club and said, hey, like, what topics do you want us to cover over the next couple of weeks? And, like, of course, some of the topics that we put out there were ugliest uniform in college football, biggest rivalry, uh teams that put most players in the pros, biggest scandals, and, you know, on Twitter it was basically even 33 33- – even and then we had like one outlier which was a guy that abstained from voting and I don't know how you abstain from voting on the Twitter poll but (laughs) but you know the one that really rose to the top was the ugliest uniform so the first thing that I will say is like there are some teams that have some super ridiculous alternate uniforms and that all is tied to the contract that they have with their respective sponsors so if you have Under Armour Nike or Adidas Those three companies are constantly in the battle to create a new and unique uniform. Now, thank God for the service academies that they kind of think about, like, the lineage and the history and everything else that kind of goes into it. So when you look at the alternate uniforms for the Army-Navy game, those are usually pretty solid. And there's some uniforms that are much, much harder to come by than others. So, for example, you know, the 82nd jersey, like, you're going to pay out the nose to find a used one of those because that was like a baller jersey years ago. Even the 1ID one, you can't even find the 1ID jersey, which is rare because I'm not sure why anybody would want that one because I served in that organization and I'm not a fan. But uh, when you look at those special you know, special uniforms, like all these teams differently have one. I think the consensus, without even doing any research at all, Oregon wins, hands down, the ugliest uniforms in college football on a week-to-week basis. Like there, there's no discussion on that. However, if you do a little bit of research and I did and I pulled up some of the photos and we'll we'll flash them up here on the screen. But good Lord, the cancer awareness uniforms (laughs) that Oregon pulled out. So you've got your standard duck emblazoned logos on the wings or whatever in the helmets. And then the numbers are pink and it would be like, look, like. Not to throw shade on cancer survivors because cancer is a horrible, horrible thing, and we don't want that. And I understand why every October we do this. That's not the point. It's the aesthetic of the uniform. Like nobody wants to have basically Kim Light juice dumped all over their jerseys because that's what it looks like. There's like speckles on the shoulder, or they got hot pink letters. And of course, the photo that I have of the 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 alternate and the home jersey, it's basically the same. It's ugly. It's got those stupid wings on it. I hate it. I'm not an Oregon fan. I think that is the worst uniform in college football. Just that looks like
2: something. Looks like something my daughters sort would of have come up with And we're like three and five. Like, oh, Dad, we designed a football uniform. Look at this.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: this is this. This is like a duck uniform. Finish second. Why don't you guys go with that one? Like those yeah. just make it a Tunes. Or the Florida Gator Gator skin. That, that's oh, got to be a number one for me. Holy yeah,
1: we're, we're we're getting there. We're getting there because like, like these these are bad, man. So I I pulled this from an article, and this is actually from the the Lansing Journal. So the Michigan State alternate uniforms. There's something about Nike and the DeGlow uniforms that are just irritating. But the quote from the the Lansing Journal is: "Hopefully we play better than the jerseys are." That's what the Michigan State fans said about their alternate jersey horrible horrible color it's got a giant emblazoned you know state on it in freaking you know i won't even call Not it lime green. it's like it's like puke green yeah. and then like the the funky puke green pants and i think the only cool thing on it is if you're if you dig the spartan helmet that's like the only thing that's like remotely <laughs> salvageable about that uniform is the spartan helmet it hurts my soul just to look at it it's ugly so... and Shame on you, Big Ten, for allowing these guys to bring that uniform out. Shame on you.
0: Big Ten, sitting here going, hey, man, we let Maryland in, which means we have to let
1: everybody in.
0: <laughs> that for crying out loud. Those should be illegal.
1: Yeah, the, the Maryland uniform. But, again, at least the Maryland uniform has some tie to the lineage, right? The Maryland flag has the yeah. split logo, and it's got the coat of arms. So, at least it's like I know where that comes from. You know what I mean? Like, Like Michigan State. Throw it like there is no lime green on the flag of Michigan. Sorry. You know, it's like not even close. The next one is the Florida Gator high jerseys. Now, the only thing that looked cool is the helmet. Like I like the, the dark helmet aesthetic sometimes, you know, but it also depends on the rest of the uniform, but these dudes straight up put like orange letters on it with like, I don't even know how to, is that?
2: Yeah. The, the green with the dark green with the blue, with the dark blue, with the orange, like, three design elements just if we're wondering three is the number of design elements if you or fewer yeah well, that
1: was it, the gator skin one right yeah yeah like yeah the, yeah. Gator, skin, yeah, the oh. gator skin one like it, again like it was putrid. it it looked like a gator skin smells <laughs> 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 that, that that's probably accurate like that that one's a horrible one man i feel bad and then of course i did some other research and pulled up an article there's a great one we'll put the link in the description of you know the top 25 horrible Jerk, and there's pictures so I'm telling you now like if you don't want to throw up do not look at this website after yeah. you eat because it's going to be a rough one I so
0: one of those alternates that looked like uh, off of any given Sunday
1: yes they did
0: they played on any given Sunday to add like the big cross in the middle and they, yeah. Maryland had one like that where they split yeah. the flag on the top of the jersey and I'm like oh, that
1: like yeah. ow yeah it's- it, it it, it's it's pretty rough, man. And so, if you have not seen the Southern Miss alternate uniforms, please check that one out. Like like legitimately, yeah, oh my like God. Le- legitimately like if you were a fan of Team 3D or the Dudley Boys, depending upon how old you are, <laughs> right? It basically <laughs> it basically looks like those those pants that the Dudley Boys wore and like cut off sleeves on their jerseys. And then the photo <laughs> the photo that I found though the photo that I found like looks like there's this dude and he's like fist bumping. His other teammate, and he looks like less than enthused. Like his face is like, man, you guys got me wearing this this crap, <laughs> you know? He's like, I'm on scholarship, That's I kinda... can't. That's a boo boo lip. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. like, look, man, I... he's like, I'm barely trying to get a walk on scholarship. I can't afford to buy another jersey, so this is the one that I get for playing on this team this season. Like, I have, I have to walk around campus with this thing. It's horrible. i can show my kids this later on in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this under glass and cry like, as I drink my whiskey Friday the one that I was super, super surprised about was the Princeton jersey. So the Princeton jersey is a knockoff of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Michigan uniform. So it's got, like, the Michigan Wolverine logo on the helmet, and then it's got, like, the Cincinnati Bengals striped <laughs> jersey on the side. Princeton Tigers, right? I'm not, yeah, the, I'm not it, crazy, right? Princeton it, Tigers? All no, right. It's, it's the Princeton <laughs> Tigers. And it, it literally, I thought this was their alternate uniform, but that's actually, like, their primary home uniform. And it was oh, like, man. Dude,
2: oh man, bro, I
1: hope I hope uh, your education is better than your uniform because that thing is trash. <laughs> here's the
0: here's the kicker on that one. Okay, when you want to do a winged helmet, you can't. Who's ever? We've all played against a winged helmet in high school. Teams yeah. swap the colors up. The dark color has to be the helmet. The light color has to be the wings. <laughs> <laughs> the front, it looks like, there's like it looks like John Beebe with the protection Bus last week what is that like orthopedic
1: yeah like oh I I think they wish it was orthopedic because that thing is is bad it's rough uh,
0: I mean it is rough
1: and of course, like, like the only thing, the first thing that I thought of, like, was combining two things that don't fit together. So it's like Napoleon Dynamite's Liger, you know? So you've got the, you've got the, the lion head and the tiger's body. It's a Liger. Like, that's the only thing. I <laughs> <imagine>. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like super, super like, wow, that thing is redonkulous. But last but not least, you know, you know, everybody talks about fashion and how Uniforms have evolved over the course of of football. So if you watch football in the 80s and 90s, it was all about having big shoulder pads, big neck roll, looking huge, adding like 40 pounds to your silhouette based off all the padding that you had on. Fast forward to today, we want the jerseys, you know, ergonomically fitting. They're tighter, they're smaller, you know, like literally you're looking for knee pads and wide receivers because they're taking everything out so they can just be more athletic in the contest. It's less about the collision and more about the, the athleticism. Well, when you look at the Iowa State alternate jerseys, I mean, I hear that vertical stripes are slimming, but I don't know (laughs) if that's the correct look for a college football team. So, like, literally, if you look at it, it's got the it's got the gold pants that they normally kind of wear. But the jersey, I think it's supposed to be the skyline of Iowa. I'm not really sure. The sure. <laughs> Skyline of Iowa. That's like the flattest uh, place on earth. Exactly. That's why I don't know what it is. That's why I have no idea what it is. It's, like, it, it's horrible. It makes me want to cry. But, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, these are just a small sample of the ugly uniforms out there. And I will apologize up front if you are a fan of wow. these teams and you actually like the alternate unis. However, if you are a veteran listening to this podcast, you may want to make an appointment to go check your head for TBI because there's no way that you can say that I like this jersey and be all correct up there.
0: Because you guys are a Tommy boy, right? <laughs> yes. Out and says, oh, my God. You guys want I'm looking at him right now. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they Why are you making you wear that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Like, like these things, are these things are pretty ridiculous. But again, Hey, look, it's week 10 college football is in full swing. Like if you are not watching college football, you're missing out. And there's games that kick off in like less than two hours. So if you have nothing else to do, there's some serious Mac action tonight going on. You should really check those games out. And again, it, you know, if you're not a fan of a team, watch one long enough and you will come one. And I think mm-hmm. that's the best part about college football is like, you can grow your passion for the sport just by participating. Because it's one of those things like, hey, you don't like rugby, watch a rugby game. You'll probably start to pick some things up and you'll enjoy it. If you don't like baseball, go watch it live because I think it's very, very boring on television. I am not a fan of TV baseball, but I'll go watch a game live. I think there's just a difference about the fan experience by being physically in the stadium. But all in all, great week of football coming up. you got Army Air Force. You've got the mother of all SEC football games. I think people are talking more about Georgia-Tennessee this year. Then Georgia, Alabama two years ago when they were facing off and they were both undefeated. And then, you know, Kirby got his one over on, on Nick Saban, but
2: think think about it like this, Rob. And I'll just, I'll shut up. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, Tennessee's stadium seats like 106,000, Georgia's stadium seats like 106,000. You know, those are massive, massive fan bases. So you're talking literally millions and millions of people deeply invested in this game. Yeah, of course it's a national phenomenon. Like, like college football is great because it's, it's a healthy expression of tribalism. You know, it's, it's like, I went to this school and this is, these are my people. That's good. That's like, how, how often can we say that that that's actually good for everybody?
1: Yeah. And and the, and the thing is, I think it's really like if you watch if you watch the, the football contest for the love of the game, like you can have a good time even sitting on the opposing team's side of the field, because again, they're there for the same reason you are to watch their team win. And there's gotta be some mutual ground that you meet. And that's like, that's one of the difficult things of watching games live because 70%, 80, probably 90% of the people go there to enjoy the game. And then there's the 10% that, you know, go to the tailgates and then the 5% that tailgate too hard. And those guys <laughs> ruin it for everyone, you know, and <laughs> think <I'll> be before. <laughs> yeah, But again, it's all it's all about really the the love of the sport, man. And and I still think to this day that college football is the purest form of football, short of watching Pop Warner teams play like junior high, middle, you know, junior high, freshman, sophomore, high school, you you know, JV guys, because they're still like learning the game, but they're they have enough skill to make it exciting. And so I think that's really the difference, because like I gave up on pro football a couple of years ago. One because I'm a Raiders fan. I barely even knew that they moved to Vegas, you know, and that's because it's been a trail of tears. If you watch the the silver and black, you know, the Raiders have not been cool for a very, very long time. And the last time they had a great opportunity, Chucky jump ship went to Tampa Bay and then told him not to fall for the pump fake, and that's how they won the game, you know, that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay all those years ago. But from a college football perspective, the best part of it is is the constant turnover of players every four years. You're not gonna have a guy that's gonna, you know, get slapped with a franchise tag and stay there forever. So I think there's some goodness to that. But uh I can appreciate all the support that we're getting. Uh Joe, we we really appreciate you coming on. We stole you from the veteran trash talk nation and uh your contribution is huge. I didn't
0: put up to a fight did I? <laughs> I get to talk about football with a bunch of people that won't tell me to shut up. <laughs> tell
1: me, tell me what. <laughs> yeah and, and And seriously, like, again, and I'll caveat this and then we'll end the show. But, like, if you don't have if you don't have the cash to bet or your state doesn't allow it, do not bet because you can get yourself in trouble. And, again, we are giving these suggestions for fun. But if you are a serious player was serious money, just be cautious of what you do and always keep some money stuffed underneath your mattress or something in case of emergency. Because, uh, you know, you don't want to blow your life savings. Uh, gambling away on the spread of college football because as last week we all found out it was a lot more unpredictable than we thought statistics don't matter every week and again uh, we appreciate you guys coming out so for ring knocker radio or two Joes or two Joes two Joes <laughs> an I always screw up something in the in only
0: the one Joe <laughs> <You like that? laughs>
1: uh, yeah I always screw something up on the uh, leaving the show but we really appreciate you guys checking us out So we got Trigger Joe in the land of the big house. We got Dano E. Cabeza coming out of coastal Connecticut and Rob in Vietnam. Hey, we thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Beat Air Force. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBond.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at BuyerBarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football, College Football Roundtable. And as always, beat Navy.